you're listening to Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. Constructed gameplay, community news, and lore. Alright, hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to another great episode of Quest Gaming, Magic the Gathering, QG MTG. I am your planeswalker, White Mage. Let's just get it out there, all right? Let's just get it out. I like I like playing white, mono white, white mixed with lots of big creatures, little little white red, little white green. I love it. I love doing it. I'm your White Mage, Evarwin. What's up, folks? And uh, man, we've got one hell of a uh, we've got one hell of a show lined up for you today. A hell of a lot of fun today uh first i want to uh i want to welcome my co-host and my uh my magic the gathering mentor mithril what's going on mithril how you doing today i'm doing all right if not a little bit uh, uh weary from doing a lot of lore exploring yeah yeah no mithril's been uh working really hard especially today um we've got one hell of a lore section ready for you mithril what are we doing with lore today why don't you tell everyone we're getting into the beginning of the magic storyline, at least as we know it in the in the canon's um, the canon setup. Uh, you know, there are sets that came before it. You know, alpha, beta, blah blah blah, that stuff, right? Well, antiquities is the first set to really feature a fleshed out story, and that's what we're going to be covering. Excellent. All right. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and we're actually going to be leading off with that. After um, after our booster pack, so we're going to do the booster pack first. We're going to jump into some lore and um, a little gameplay, of course, um, and then maybe a little community news. Just something briefly to mention before we close out the show. Um, let us know how you feel about this, guys. Uh, we're it's a brand new show for us. Okay, we're really interested in your feedback. You could follow us on Twitter to give us that feedback at QGMTG. And we want to thank everyone in our, our Twitch chat room right now, twitch.tv slash Network. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. And we're going to break into it. Uh, first thing that we want to do is uh, we just want to welcome a guest on tonight's show. Long time, long time. Quest Gaming Network community member, Rogue. Hi. Uh, I don't know what to say right now. Uh, something about me. <laughs> it's okay, Rogue. Um, Mostly play black. Okay, well, first of all, t tell us a little bit about yourself. I detect uh, a very lovely accent that you have there. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Norway, and uh, I might actually have... Uh, my voice actually is like... I don't know. <laughs> my accent is just pure Norwegian. Okay, all right. So, uh, so, so Rogue, you're from Norway. How, yeah. how long have you been playing Magic the Gathering? Oh... About five years, I presume. Actually, I think around five, five years. Started in the old Innistrad set, where I think it was Sorin Markov made the angel Avicen. Ah, yes, yes. One of my favorite I, cards. Yeah, my lore buff. I loved lore in Magic the Gathering. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Um,. Would you? Uh, did you? Did you like how we covered the lore in our first episode? Yeah. Excellent. 
Well, uh, I think uh, I think Mithra's going to knock your socks off today because uh, he's been working super hard on on some Dominaria info, and um, we're going to be jumping into that in a few minutes. Um, okay, so before we lead off, I want to ask you, Rogue, uh, just so people kind of get the you know get to know you a little bit. Um, yeah. What's your favorite color to get into, and what's your favorite format for Magic? Oh, it's I mostly play well in a combination. I play it's actually black. I play mostly like a mono I, black deck. No, I actually play uh, dual colors. I like the combination of either red and white for my uh, for just getting life and messing with other people. Like the, I actually have three decks I play with mostly, and they are the three gates of Ravnica. Okay. Uh, I play black blue, which is the mid, which is the mostly. I can draw my card, and you can throw all yours in trash, mostly. The second one is Raktus, which is actually the um, black and red. I like how you said that. Can you say that again? Raktus. Oh, yeah, look at that. All the ladies like listening the... to the show right now just lost their minds. Say it again. Yeah. Right? Raktus is actually the <laughs> kind of uh, nightclub of Ravnica, which if nobody dies, it's a terrible night. They go in, they go into the Ravnica uh, clubs with the uh, Raktus there with their uh, with their glow sticks ready? Uh, no, the the, the glow, glow sticks are grafted to your face. Yeah, and you have <laughs> knives almost taped to your fingers, to be honest. It's like... Um, it's it is very violent, violent <laughs> not parties. But the last set is actually the Urso, the white and white and black, which is the guild that steal uh, that takes lives and let you. It like actually tell it that makes you it steals your opponent's lives because it's they rented it for you. Okay, so you're yeah, it's like a weird Catholic thing you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. So it's like a mono black, black red. That's like that's kind of your flavor. Yeah. All right. What uh, now? One last question, okay? Um, what's your uh, what's your format? What do you do? You, you constructed, limited? Uh, you know. Um, I actually kind of love commander. Right. Yeah. Okay. Commander. Okay. So that's your that's your thing. When was the last time you were able to crack open a uh, commander deck there? Oh, it's been a while. I have to take a little break. Um, I I okay. think it might have been a couple of months ago. All right. How have you been doing with uh, with your commander deck? You've been uh, kicking some ass when you play. Oh, I just have so much fun. Well, let me tell you something. And I'm going to shoot this over to um, to Mithril. I have been getting my ass handed to me on Magic: The Gathering online this week. Um, oh, you're doing so well. Oh, just just freaking lovely. I uh, I put together that uh, Watley Warrior Poet, Ixalan yeah. uh, White Red deck, and it seems like every single match I play with the uh, with this this high, um, highly sent. How should I say it? Um, Creature centric deck that I I have. I, I've been getting myself. Sorry, I'm like competing. I'm competing with uh, Rage Against the Machine in the background. <laughs> um, I've been getting like all of these control decks and decks that like play uh, cards like right out of their graveyard and stack life regeneration as a result. And I'm like, can I? Can I like? I don't know. 
get a deck that's gonna be like can I get a guy who's gonna play you know creature to creature with me or something because I really feel like plus I I have um, two copies of Watley uh, uh, Watley warrior poet in there I have not pulled her once in like 10 games I got two copies in a 50 card deck I haven't pulled her once in 10 games is that like <laughs> do I just suck at luck or what <laughs> uh, maybe you do but I mean hey uh, did you uh, lower that curve a little closer to the ground as, as I recommended uh, halfway into the week or did we uh, we haven't done that yet I'm not sure well, it's a fifty-card deck. I have to play. I have to play fifty cards in in order in, for for Magic. I think it's sixty. Yeah, sixty. It wouldn't be legal if you were playing below sixty. Am I? Am I? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Am 60. I? I'm saying fifty. Yeah, you're playing fifty. Yeah, you're saying. No, 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 no. It's sixty. 50. I have it right here. I'll show you. It's, it is. It is a sixty-card deck. Yeah. Um, I'm just. It's. 3.46 in the morning, and in the last 24 hours, I've had three hours of sleep. <laughs> you oh, both it's fine. Yeah, it's 60, <laughs> it's so I... fine. But, uh, no, uh, we'll get it better. Uh, long story short, we'll get it better. We're going to get it more refined, faster, you know. All these other things that, that need to be done with a DAX that's supposed to be aggro. Yeah, I need to... It'll I'm, happen. I'm trying to work on it, but I'm getting, I'm getting my ass kicked, and it's be I've been getting paired up with a lot of control decks. You need to talk to the master over here. Driving me you know? nuts, Mithril. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we all right. got it. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Um, let's uh, let's let's jump back. Uh, let's jump into. We're gonna do something a little different this week with the uh, with the booster pack reveal. Um. Okay. We're actually opening one on Magic: The Gathering online. This way, everyone can follow along, right? Yeah. So so I can see what is going on. Yeah. Um you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to uh I'm gonna stream my uh desktop to you guys this way you can see what's going on in real time, okay? Share. Yeah. Let's Share do this. There we go. Come on, computer. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice, computer. Yeah, mine has has a hand crank. It took me ten minutes for it to, to completely load up. This computer is either six or eight years old. So, oh, wow, Varun, that's a lot of avatars. Holy mother of hell! I got I got a few there. I got a few. This is my favorite, the Vanguard one. All right, you guys ready? Let's let's crack open an Ixalan pack. Ooh. How's that sound? Let's crack it open. Bango! Alright, here we go. First one up. This is uh, so we got we got a rare. Okay, three uncommons. And uh, a whole host of, of commons. First one up is Growing Whites of gro Growing Rights of I got that card. Itlamok. Itlamok. You have this rogue? Yeah, in real life. I like having the cards in real life better than online. <laughs> Uh, as as do I, but heresy. <laughs> uh, this is a legendary enchantment for two and a green. Okay, when growing rights of Itlamok enters your battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. At the beginning of your end step, 
If you control four or more creatures, transform growing rots of Itlamok. And it transforms into another legendary land where if you tap and add a green, if you tap it, you can add green to your mana pool. Or if you tap, you can add green to your mana pool for each creature you control. All right. Um, a lot to unpack here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start with Mithril. And then, Rogue, you grab the next card. You tell us what you think about the next one, okay? Yeah. All right. So, Mithril, what do you think about this? This card is solid. It gets you a creature. Come on now. You know? Uh, but it also reminds me of Gaia's Cradle on the legendary part after you activate it because that card is kind of banned, and this one makes it fair. Gaining land for each creature you control can get sick, considering the situation you might be in. So, this is a great land. I love it. All right. Next one is... Uh... <clears throat> um, red instant for uh, for two and a red dinosaur stampede two and a red an instant attacking creatures gets you a 2-0 until end of turn dinosaurs you control gain trample till end of turn rogue yeah I actually kind of like this card even though I don't play dinosaurs I, I never thought I would say that sentence <laughs> but uh, it is a good card even though it's uh, especially for dinosaurs it's, it's actually I think it's a good card for boosting your attack especially if it's an instant so you can actually throw it in at the attack phase right if you want to surprise your uh, your opponent and I've actually done that a lot of times What's nice about this is it's an instant you know right yeah. like you were saying right in the attack phase if if a guy's you know if someone's throwing a creature at you that's blocking, you can instantly just give them trample, give them a two zero for two and a red. You know, yeah. mid game, late game, real cheap. All right, uh, all combat trick. Exactly. All right, Mithril, over to you on this one. This is Stormfleet Spy for two and a blue. It's a human pirate creature. It's a two two has raid, meaning that when Stormfleet Spy enters the battlefield, if you attacked with a creature this turn, you then draw a card. Yeah, she's great. Like, you're playing a high-tempo deck. <laughs> I mean, you're attacking with a creature this turn. You know, you plop this down. You're drawing a card. I mean, who doesn't like drawing cards? Plus, her art, really cute Asian girl. Awesome. We uh, we like we like all the ladies, but but uh, we we recognize all the individual types for, for their intrinsic value. <laughs> it's kind of Mongolian, which is the kind of different I like. Okay. So, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, we're just not going to go there. <laughs> but that's good. Um, so who, who is the uh, who's the lady that uh, is the front singer for that, that band? Um, the band is uh, what I'm thinking of. The one you introduced me to. Battle Beast. Battle you Beast. You should be that's playing right. that music. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. Right now we'll have to settle with Maynard when Tool. <laughs> um. All right, Rogue, we're going to jump over to you for this. It's uh, This is Thundering, Thundering, Spineback, 5 and 2 green. It's a 5-5 five, five creature dinosaur. It is an uncommon. All right, other dinosaurs you get. Other dinosaurs you control get a 1-1. One, one. You can also pay 5 and a green and create a 3-3 three, three green dinosaur creature token with... Trample. <laughs> I usually don't play with a lot of green decks, but uh, I actually kind of like this one. Even though it's a little bit mono-heavy, it gives all other dinosaurs, and it 
produces dinosaurs, which is very nice, especially if you run a well green and red deck. You can actually have a nice little combo there with the last card. Yeah, I like how he said that. My jam. He's like mono heavy. I like how he said that. Yeah. Like I don't usually play with mono heavy decks. Actually, I like like I started actually with white Tolkien deck and that was like ramping mm. um I've uh I still got the noob itis so I prefer uh mono creature decks you know I'm still like mm. I, I'm like terrified to break away from that I know I have my next level up is as a as a uh as a planeswalker you know that's my next level up is I gotta move away from that but I, I just I love my I love my creatures I love mono creatures I love doing it get my ass kicked all the time but I like it is it like the itis when you eat too much cake <laughs> I got the cake at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mithril. Next one. Uh, Fire Shrine Keeper for one red. It's a 1-1 one, one creature elemental. It's our first common. It has menace. Okay, you can... And, and, and here, here's here's interesting part here in the text. You can pay seven and a red and then tap it. Sacrifice Fire Shrine Keeper. It deals three damage to each of up to two target creatures. It's what? garbage. What? It's just garbage. Really? No, no, it's fine. You know, yeah? it's okay. The menace part is okay. I like the evasion. The other thing, the, the cost for the big thing, I don't... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I never have time for it. I would play it for the menace. That's it. It's a high like, cost. Seven, eight. I mean, if you're like in a big, ridiculous, like political five-person battle, you can pop that off, and no one, you, you can surprise someone. And a one-on-one fight, it's not going to impress anybody. Yeah, but a one, a one-one for done. one and menace. I mean, that that in itself, man. Yeah, it's unblockable for most things unless they're playing red. Then you're, you know, going to have to deal with some combat. Right. Er, right in the early game, right at the, your first turn, you throw this down. That you got to admit, like it kind of feels like. Eh, I guess it is just kind of the menace kind of puts it over a little bit, but um, it, it can be nasty if you pump it up. Yeah. All right, Rogue, jumping over to you. Uh, this is a Gilded Sentinel, uh, four of any color. It's a three-three artifact creature, Golem. I don't know what to say right now. I didn't, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Not much. I was looking at the stuff to look at to say something, but uh, it, it is a three-three for four mana. And um, I'm actually not that kind of a guy that likes more mana than it does damage. And especially if it, does, it doesn't have any special extra, uh, flavor to it, like yeah, First Strike or something. Yeah. So I actually would not... I would use this only as a last resort or side t- uh, sideboard. Yeah, kind of a If sideboard. you're drafting this, you don't even want to draft this first. No, no, no. It doesn't even pass the vanilla test. It should be at least equal to its cost of uh, yeah. power. Yeah, maybe like a three, three for three, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just kind of all around crap. Yeah. Um. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to stick. Um. I don't want to stick Rogue, our guest, with uh, with a crap card. So let's yeah, let's have okay. let's have Rogue pick up the next one, okay? Um. Yes. Ixali's Diviner for one and a green. It's a 0-3 creature human dryad druid. Uh, with when Ixali's Diviner enters the battlefield, it explores, meaning that it reveals the top card of your library. When you do that, you put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you put a 1-1 counter on this creature, then 
put the card back, or put it into your graveyard. Mm. Not too sure? Uh, oh, I thought you... I thought you... I thought you were still reading with my mic. I thought your mic muted. But it it's is very wordy. Yeah. It is actually a nice card, I believe, because it's a 0-3 for 2 mana, and it has the ability to explore. Um, I would actually put this in my deck if I was running a green deck, because it's a good starter card. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alright, over to the next one for, uh, for Mithril. Alright, uh, Ixali's Keeper for one and a green. It's a 2-2 human creature shaman. Uh, you can pay seven and a green and tap it. If you do so, sacrifice Ixali's Keeper. Target creature gets a 5-5, five, five, gains trample till end of turn. It's a bear. I would draft this as because it is a bear, you know, but we're playing constructed and constructed. Well, you know, if I'm building around. Something that can like pump out a ton of mana to sacrifice this thing. The plus five plus five and trample is what I was what I want to have a keeper. Okay, you pay eight. I want this ability. That's a a solid ability. Sure. Because you're getting a lot out of this. So yes, I like it. All right. Um, can you guys hear me? Okay. Do I need to be lowering the music down a little bit? I can hear you. I don't hear the music, so that's fine. I think that's you're good. fine. All right, I think we're, we're right where we need to be then. Um, okay, next one is New Horizons. It's an enchantment aura for two and a green. All right, you enchant the land. When New Horizons enters the battlefield, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on a target creature you control. Also, enchanted land has, quote, tap, add two mana of any one color to your mana pool. End of quote. Hmm. Yeah, I actually think this card is a very nice one, especially because it is gent land. Uh, for a mana cost, I actually would play this. I would actually draft this, play this. I would even put this in my regular decks if I have ability to. Yeah. Um, the one one bonus is cool too. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. All right. Mithril, uh, you get this one. It's an instant. Pounce. One in a green. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Each deals damage equal to its power to the other. Easily one of the best removal spells in this entire set. Green used to have a hard time with creatures. Now with these attack creatures someone else controls thing, uh, you can just annihilate someone if you control a creature equal or bigger to them. This is just an instant kill if you have a creature that can win that combat. Yeah, especially in green. You know, you got some pretty solid, uh, some pretty huge creatures in green, you know? So. If they have a trample, I believe they also go right through the creature and deal extra damage to the player. Oh. Mm. It's delicious. Mm. All right. We got, uh, we got one card here in my favorite color, which is white. Okay, Pterodon Knight, three and a white for a 3-3 human knight creature with Pterodon Knight has flying as long as you control a dinosaur. It was a 4-4, I'd like it. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think there, uh, Rogue? I actually don't know because I don't know if there's many dinosaurs in white, but if you have a... uh, Dual, dual deck, I think it would be a nice, but it's 
Yeah, I would probably play this, but not many of it. Yeah, for Ixalan, there are there are some some. There's yeah, dinosaurs are definitely a thing in in white. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's getting me on this is the uh, the cost versus power and defense yeah. thing. That's, yeah, that's a, um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's have uh, let's have um, uh, Rogue take our next one since this is a black card and, and he loves black. All right, this is Queen's Bay Soldier for one and a black. It's a two-two vampire soldier creature. I'll take that one. Um, it is good for the mana cost in its start, uh, even though it doesn't do, it doesn't do anything. I know a lot of decks that actually will ramp up the vampires and the soldier part of it mm -hmm. so uh, i would actually play this okay actually i would actually play this in a soldier black white deck actually all right uh next two we're going to go straight to mithril all right this one is storm sculptor for three and a blue it's a three two merfolk wizard creature with storm sculptor can't be blocked when Storm Sculptor enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. It, it's really uh, talking, and it's like whispering sweet nothings in my ear, this whole card. <laughs> because, I mean, it's a 3-2, can't be blocked. You take it in the face. And when it enters the battlefield, I can put something that already has some weird combat ability, like this card does, back in my hand so I can do it again and really just annoy people and feel happy. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I like the way you put that. <laughs> All right. Last, last card in our booster pack for the evening, um, which is, uh, again, this goes to Mithril. All right. Sun-crowned hunters for four and two red. It's a 5-4 dinosaur creature with enrage. Whenever sun-crowned hunters is dealt damage, it deals three damage to target opponent. Ouch. Uh, I don't like the cost. If it costs like five, maybe even four for what it did, I'd be happy. But that cost is too much. It's got to come down. What What do you think about the... I mean, it do, it's... Okay, so yes, the, the cost is high. It's four for two red. That's six. But you are getting a 5-4 creature. And you're also getting the enrage thing. So when it deals damage, it does its five damage. You're transferring automatically three damage, an extra three damage, if to, it's still to your opponent. That's the clause. I like to. It's not always going to happen. And you know, like surely you would have things that are built into your deck that would activate that. But but the thing is, there's other things with enrage in this set that are more efficient. Okay. Than this card. So it's really like an an efficiency thing. Yes, it's not efficient within the uh, the grounds that then. Okay. All right. Well, there it is, guys. Um, that is our uh, booster pack highlight for uh, for the uh, for the show. Um, we are going to do things a little bit differently this week. Uh, let us know if you like how we do the show at on Twitter at QGMTG. Uh, we're going to jump into lore, and then right after the lore, we're actually going to play a game of Momir. Something that um, Mithril uh, introduced to me earlier this week, and we had so much fun. Uh, we laughed our ass off the entire time. Mithril told me this is basically the Magic the Gathering drinking game. We had such a fun time, we were saying, this has got to be on the show. This is such a good time. Oh, I've got my mead. <laughs> 
Um, go grab some mead. Come on, you know? We got time. Give everyone a moment to grab some mead as I uh, grab my notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, actually had, I actually had honey honey mead actually a couple of days ago. Did you? Oh, you jerk. See, I wish I had some of that. All right. I'll go meatless this night, but maybe next time we won't be meatless. Wow. Jeez, guys. I don't know if we're ready for the meatless thing. I mean, I know we're getting long and all, but goodness. Uh, oh, I might send a care package. <clears throat> <laughs> all right. Um, how how we uh, how we doing over there, Myth? Are you ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to like uh, link you a map to uh, the continent of Terra Sire which is where all this is going to take place. And, uh, you know, if you want to show it at any point, uh, you can. And then I'm going to get into the introduction of The Brothers War. So let me just link that for you. Okay. All uh, right. Switching up the... Uh, probably shouldn't even do that. Let's just stick with Metallica Radio. All right, go right <laughs> on ahead, man. All right, well, the Brothers' War. It's a legendary great war between the brothers Mishra and Urza that spawned after the two, uh, that two each found, gosh darn it, they found a power stone, an ancient artifact, in a dig site under their teacher Tokasia, an elderly artificial wizard that they were learning under. You see, Mishra and Urza, they came from an Aristotic family but their mother had died uh, right after they were born, and their father, well, was a jerk, and ended up marrying someone else that hated them, and they ended up being thrown uh, thrown out of um, the aristocracy and into the desert where they met Tokasia, their teacher, and she was their caretaker. Now, they went on many archaeological, archaeologi- gosh, my words, archaeology digs, and a lot of these digs involved a forerunner race uh, called the Thran, human empire, uh, and what was left of them. And there's a lot of artifacts, golems, things like that that they left behind that was amazing to these people when they discovered them. But the important thing is that they went to the caves of Poilos. And that was a place that contained two halves of a power stone. Mm-hmm. Any comments, Barwin, before I move on? Actually, yes. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you, you you broke in for a minute there. Um, so I want to say that, um, you, you know, right here on Twitter, you did a great job uh, in- linking these images. Right now, I've got the uh, the land card, Caves of Koilos, right here on the stream. So it's really cool that you can see so far with what Mithril's describing, the setting, okay, of what's happening here, and how it's being reflected in the cards. And I, I really appreciate that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to make a visual theme like story time, you know. Yeah. But I appreciate that, you know, number one, I appreciate you, you did that work, but... I'm really saying that I appreciate that Wizards of the Coast is taking the story and is is reflects it in the cards here. So that's that's something I think that a lot of Magic the Gathering players um, either skip over, don't pay attention to, or may not have, um, may not necessarily really know is actually happening so so tightly. So you know, it, it... 
how, how closely tied the story is to actually what you're seeing in the cards. Exactly. And right here Let's is... get into what the Power Stones are all about. Sure thing. That's the next one, right? Yes. Fractured Power Stone, the artifact card? Yeah. Power Stones are the enigmatic gems once utilized to power countless Thran devices. And see, Urza and Mishra, when they got a hold of this Power Stone, they immediately, as artificers, even as boys, what power it had. Because these these ancient times, the Power Stones were producing this massive technological marvel called the Thran Mana Rig. And what it is is that you can put magical energy, energy inside these stones... And uh, it can be enhanced or restored by absorbing space itself from a surrounding plane. So, okay. like, <laughs> techniques were uh, were used to devastating effect during the uh, the wars back then. And um, who knows what it did to the other planes around Dominaria when they used these power stones. Now, this artifact card, Fractured Power Stone, it reflects this in how it plays. If you tap this artifact, you add colorless mana to your mana pool, or you can tap it and roll the planner die, activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. So you, you could see how, how what Mithril is saying about the power stones, how it, it the card does attempt to reflect the ability that these things have in the lore, which is that they can sap power from other planes. Right. The one that they found was split in half. Uh, due to a, a previous event that we'll get into at some other point. Sure. And um, Urza got the Might Stone. Uh, yeah, the Might Stone. And Mishra got the Weak Stone. And both of them had their own incredible powers. But they also quickly found that if combined, uh, ridiculous power would be... Uh, bestowed to the wielder and this caused them to fight amongst themselves uh you know they would go to a couple dig sites and over time they would uh, they would get so enamored with this thing that Tokasia attempted to um, take it from both of them and then tried to fairly figure out the situation but it didn't really solve anything because they were so enthralled by this power they ended up uh fighting each other with these stones and the, uh, it caused a blast because when a power stone is mishandled, especially when it's in a pieces like that, it unleashes the energy that was stored in, uh, from the planar energy. It caused an explosion and it killed their elderly teacher, Tokasia, in an unfortunate accident. So we've got the might, the, uh, the might stone is, is up on the stream right now and the weak stone. And uh, so, so these, so the interaction between these two created this Warren Power Stone artifact that we're seeing as well. Um, the Warren Power Stone shows you what it looks like. It was all put together. Okay. It's an example of a completed one. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yes. Continuing on. Yes. All right. Um, after this event, I mean, Mishra was uh, felt very. Um, personally involved in, in the death of his teacher but and fled the campsite, uh, fleeing towards the west into the deserts of Falaji. 
which you know, uh, and, and a lot of desert tribes were out there. And Urza ended up going back to the east, back to the arist uh, aristocracy uh, held areas of uh, Krug and the major met metropolis uh, cities there. And they grew up, you know, uh, bitter towards each other, you know, over these events. And, you know, and they got better with, uh, with the areas they were in. And, uh, and eventually, uh, Mishra was captured by, by desert people and enslaved. And at one point, uh, he, he had visions of, of mechanical parodies. And uh, one day, a dragon engine burst through the ground and was attacking everything. But he had the weak stone, and for some reason, that artifact allowed him to control this dragon artifact thing. And it, and it knelt to him, and he was able to control it. So he gained favor with these desert people while doing this. And on the other side of things, Urza was able to... Um, Consolidate his power in the aristocracy and built his own uh, laboratory where he can build more advanced uh, machines like he was building before. And this this culminated in them uh, clearly consolidating power for themselves and uh, artifacts spraying into defense forces and then into full standing armies ready. Uh, yeah, again, you know, we're just we're looking at these cards here. Amulet of Krug, Urza's Tower, which is a land. Misha's Workshop is another land. Um, Staff of Zagon, it's a mono artifact. I mean, you know, all of these, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, as, as Mithril's telling this story, you just see how these cards, um, they, they reflect what's, what is, what is going on. You know, the Staff of Zagon, it's a, you know, a gentleman here who's, um, got this wielding the staff. You can tell he's probably one of these desert people that uh, that he's referring to. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm following. Yeah. And now we're moving into uh, more detail as to what's going on with Mishra with these uh, mechanical parodies in nature that appeared to him that he did not build himself. See, after the events with the explosion, he found himself uh, compelled. To return to the caves of Koilos. Actually, uh, Mithra, let me just stop you there for a second, um, because you you were talking about the the dragon engine, yes. and that's actually an artifact creature card in this set too. And I, I didn't know about that. Uh, I thought we were still on the the third piece of information here. Um, so I, I clicked over and I see this dragon. So this is really great to, that we we could see this dragon engine as an as an artifact creature here. Yes, as well. So okay. Uh, yep. I just wanted to, you know, and we had that on the stream, so I just wanted to sort of, you know, call that out, too. Oh, yeah, and there's, like, two bits of lore on each of those cards. That's why it's on there twice. I'm not going to read them, but it's, like, if anyone's interested in these things that Yvonne's calling out, it is on our Twitter, and you can follow up afterwards. Absolutely. And we're going to try and create some Twitter moments out of this, uh, which is a new feature that they've got on Twitter. It's, it's going to consolidate these a little bit better for for you. Oh, Yeah. So, with these dragon engines, you know, concerning Mishra, you know, he is compelled to return to Caves of Koilos. And he can't understand why this is happening. He just knows that he's gaining these amazing artifact 
animal creatures out of these things. And from there, you know, he, uh, you know, he is, he gets these dreams, like, uh, like these visions, like I said before, of increasing intensity of maybe even a land filled with these things. Okay. And then we move on uh, a little bit further into time as, as uh, the two brothers kind of gain their, uh, their, uh, their, their, uh, Borders of their country is kind of like that. Okay, so basically and, these two brothers are, are feuding with each other. They're gaining and amassing ma um, powerful uh, artifacts. And time has, has gone on. Uh, they're they're uh, establishing empires seemingly against one another, right? Yes. Okay, here's a question. How does this relate to gates of the Gate of Frexia? The Gate of Frexia is, in truth, what is happening to uh, Mishra uh, and the cause of these mechanical dragons to appear seemingly out of nowhere. Okay, so it are is, we are we yeah. up to that point yet, or we are? But it's like I'm 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 alluding to it, but I don't want to get too much into it until we get to the the real uh, sting of what's going on with ah, that. Ah, okay. All right, so they've they've done this. And in these in these situations, they have gained confidants, you know, a right hand, you know, and Mishra has gained uh, uh, the trust of of a brilliant yet lighthearted artificer by the name of um, <laughs> right in front of me. What, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, first guy, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. You know, and you know, Urza is a grim guy. He's kind of like Doctor Who. You know, he needs a companion, and Thanos is that kind of guy. You know, he's gonna keep things real for him, and you know, a lot of his uh, automations that he helped build, you know, uh, kind of reflect that. And um, okay, and Thanos also, here is a character, yeah. character card, so he's right here. Yeah, that's one of his creations. Okay. Just... It looks kind of goofy, but it does a lot of work. It's good. Yeah, it looks but, like uh... a, looks like a monster you'd see in a in a '60s sci-fi show here. Uh, yeah. Tr was it? What's what's he? Tr Triskelion, artifact yeah. creature. Uh, yeah, it's got cameras on it. You take them off, you'll damage the things. It's pretty pretty cool. Okay. Uh, and Ashnod, uh, Mishra, you know, in his desert travels, ran into Ashnod, which is like this sadistic warrior woman that really was into this weird artifact stuff he was doing. Yeah, she looks like a sadist. Yeah, she's she's really nasty, but for some reason, like in the like later in their interactions, she has a thing for Thanos, but it's kind of like a like she wants to like capture him for some weird reason. Uh, yeah, on this card, she's dissecting this dude, and she's got this guy's left arm. This the skin of his left arm is like folded up and pinned up to his forearm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Did you so see that? Her, yeah, her capacity in 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 <laughs> magic is that instead of working with machines, she's turning living beings into machines. Okay, <laughs> this chick's unreal. All right, let's. Uh, what else we got here? This is Ashnod's battle gear. That's uh, boy, that's that's quite spiky. I wouldn't want to sit on those shoulders. It's like an Iron Maiden that you wear <laughs> on the outside. That's really what this is. That's pretty wild. All right, um, let's. All right. <laughs> what else we got? Yeah. Okay, so now we're into um, things have come to a head. You know, 
Right, these War guys, they're, they're, they're warring with each other. They're building up their posse. They've yeah. got their empires, right? They're gaining, they're amassing all of this technology. You know, uh, lines were crossed because sabotage and, you know, things like that were happening to both sides. Clearly, they knew each other were doing these things. Clearly, they wanted to, uh, to get the upper hand. And it leads to desperate measures and the declaration of war between the West and the East. And this led to, at first, simple battle techniques. And then eventually, it turned into horrifying. Imagine Nazi World War II just atrocities against you know living beings. Yeah, I could see that here in, in uh, Ashnod's uh trans what what is that trans transmorgant transmorgant yeah it's hard to kind of read the text a little bit but um also uh Mithra, just double check yeah. your um double check your your microphone just make sure it's it's completely up to your to your face yeah it got moved it got moved down a little bit it's better now right yeah it's a lot better okay so okay, i could okay. i could see how there's how there's you know um atrocities going on here um all right, so then, so th these two are committing atrocities. What what happens out here on this next this next one? All right, well, while things have started ruining entire cities, people are being besieged, things like that. A group of wizards, red and blue wizards, uh, out in Mishra's territory towards the west, are secretly meeting with one another in order to um, find a way to stop them in a peaceful manner, and they are called the Third Path. And uh, this was Felden, uh, and there was also uh, Hercule and her husband. I can't remember his name. It's on one of those cards. And they were the main people who were handling this. Okay. And uh, they got a lot of ground covered in this. Was that Dralna? This... Go ahead. Dra Drafna. Dra Dra Dralna's restoration? Dra yeah. yeah Drafna? Drafna's re yeah, Drafna. So, you know, this is the College of Latinam, which is the island, you know, to the west. And the big city, the city of um, Terracir? Yeah, something like that. And um, f forgive me for the lack. Teresia, sorry. And uh, this was like a, a, it was on the mainland. It was very magical, mystical place. But, you know, they were conducting these things. And they were making major headway. Okay, so what's this third path in relation to these two brothers? Is this like a, 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 a separate faction or... Yes. Okay, so these guys, this third path... Ah, that's why they're called the third path, because it's not... They're, they're breaking away from this this uh, bilinear uh, power structure going on between the East and the West here in the Dominaria, right? Yeah, we're mages. We know how to do things in a more appropriate way, and we're going into in the shadows of secrecy. We're going to try to... Uh to dissipate this war ah so there's a there's a massive political thing going on between you've got the east you've got against the west things are just going uh, things are spinning out of control on dominaria right this is the plane we're talking about yeah this is the continent on dominaria so the rest of dominaria is like unknown to this conflict okay all right so this is a continent on dominaria east side of the continent versus the west side things are spinning out of control this third path is it creates itself trying to find a, a more middle ground way to just um uh you know have have a society among among these these two insane warring factions 
led by an iron fist with these two uh, 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 warring brothers. And, and it's amazing. All of, it, all of this is reflected in the cards if you look at them. Okay, so so going on to the next one. All right. The, as these mages are doing this, um, the darkness that's coming from the caves is starting to come out against them. Uh, and, it, and it's becoming incredibly clear that uh, this ancient cave was a door that should have never been opened. And it was opened by the Power Stone explosion. Okay, this, and, and when you're this, saying mages, yeah. you're referring to the darkness against the mages. You're saying that the evil in the gates of Phyrexia are now f- trying to come against the third the, the third path? Yes, because okay. it wants this war. Ah. It wants this, the de-evolution of this society. Okay. And it's been locked away for 5,000 years, and it wants to ensure that its, its plans to completely um, defile Dominaria is coming to a head. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. So, 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 and this, this was created because of these, these power stones you were talking about. Yes. Uh, it opened the door that should not be opened. The gate of Frexia. Yes. A planar uh-huh. portal to a completely different, um, um, realm. Aha. Uh-huh. And these demons here that we're looking at on these cards that are in the black color sphere, these are the guys that are starting to pour out of this gate. And they're saying, you know what? We like this East Coast, West Coast war thing going on, you know? Uh, yeah. Let's go after this this third path uh, mage, these third path mages, because they're 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 you know gaining some headway and, and adding some you know cooling the flames down a little bit, and we want to add fuel to the fire. Yeah, all these uh, these strange, ridiculous monstrosities in the battlefield are a product of these demons. Wow, that's a complex story. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. All right, what else we got here? Okay, well, things are getting insane now. Yeah. Uh, the entire continent is now a wasteland. Imagine, like, World War One kind of wasteland. No man's land, right? Resources are just gone. Uh, and the Third Path had discovered a super weapon called the Gargothian Silex. And... They, they believe they had found the solution with that, but unfortunately, Brexia found out all too soon and sl- had, had them slain. All right, so this Golgothian Silex actually is a mono artifact card for four, uh, four of any color, with all cards from the Antiquities expansion, including Golgothian Silex, must be discarded from play. That's how this thing is used. It is a giant nuke, pretty much. Mm. And um, Hercule, that was the, the chick, uh, that was the blue card yeah. uh, before she died uh, when the Frexians let uh, Mishra know where they were and he sacked all the mage cities. So the mages, the people with actual intelligence were destroyed. Okay. Now how does this Gix, Gix, Gix guy, G-I-X, this Gix demon and this Tatiana character uh, fall into play? Alright, well, Urza's son ends up finding an island to the south that is verdant, full of resources, and everything that both sides of this war needs to finish this once and for all. 
So this is gonna be a big, a big like you know, uh, dig site, you know, mana dig, and at the expense of these wonderful dryads and uh, tree folds and all these other. Okay, and Titania here is one of the dryads from this. Yeah, this Titania one. is a aspect of Gaia, <laughs> which is the entire planet. <laughs> I'm the worst. Okay, Titania. <laughs> Yeah, Titania. We'll go with that. Titania. You can see the card. God. I think we lost him there. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, guys. Well, we we need to move on. <laughs> we do. We do. We do. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys can hear me okay still? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so what do we got on this next one? Okay. Well, you know... With both their armies destroyed to a stalemate, and it looks like Urza actually managed to defeat Mishra once and for all. But something's wrong. Something is very wrong. Um, the guy that's in front of him, there's like, after he, like, you know, he tried to kill him, his machine's on the inside. Where's his brother? Who is, who is this uh, replacement, this duplicate? You know, what 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 is this? And he comes to realize the Fraxians have completely replaced his brother at some unknown point with this machine version of of uh, Mishra. And that's this endoskeleton artifact card that we're seeing here. Yeah, and uh, even uh, Ashnod kind of loses it, noticing that like all the crap that she's done was for this machine dude. So she's stunned, and she goes over to the Mishra's side and, you know, Mishra's side was able to get uh, the Silex as a bargaining tool, you know, blow you up if you do this, right? Well, it wasn't revealed, but she gives it to Urza and Urza's like, you know what? I've been fighting this machine dude thinking he's my brother, my real brother. He's, he's probably dead long ago. All these people died for nothing. I've done this for nothing. I'm just gonna set this thing off. Jeez. And that's this uh, Silex Blast here for uh, five and, and four white. It's a sorcery. Destroy all permanents for the rest of the game. All spells cost one more to cast. Exile Silex Blast. Okay. It's not a real card, but it's really de depicting in a, a, a fun way what is going on here. Oh, is this not a real card? Not a real card. I thought it was, but it's really good. Uh, okay. uh, but it, it shows you what's going on here. Uh, and the text kind of tells you what it's doing. Look at that. I mean, it's just a ridiculous explosion. The entire continent of uh, Terrasire and Argoth are completely evaporated. No one survives. Except for Thanos and maybe Ashnod. Because Thanos wasn't there for the fight. Because uh, uh, Urza or Thanos made this coffin that allowed him to survive in cryogenic freezing. What about Titania? Did you? <laughs> uh, no, she was Titania. Too. Uh, so yeah, this this uh, um this situation, this in tragic and death situation, Urza is reborn into youth once again, and the power stones that they were fighting over gets fused into his face, replacing his eyes. Wow. Oh. And he, you know, he is, you know, of course, thrown into this 
the blind eternities, you know, he he finds out he is a planeswalker. He is pissed, you know, that his, his all this has happened, that they've been screwed over by these so-called Frexians. He learns who is who who is behind all this. Some dude named Yogmoth, a demonic creator of Frexia. This entire other plane that was warring with them, uh, clearly using them for its own needs. And he has made it his mission to completely annihilate uh, Fraxia off of the face of the multiverse. Wow. So this whole thing is basically Urza's or- origin story. Yeah. And he ends up and being, what, the, the first plane walker or one of them? He's not the first. There's many before him that are kind of... Uh, you know, they said they're in the story, but they don't play a big major part of what's going on until he shows up. Right. Yeah. And this is the first story that's fleshed out in ma- and, and magic. You know, most of this was uh, set up in the antiquity set, but some of it was solved in part of uh, Urza's saga. That's why some of the cards look kind of newer. Yeah. Because he tells the rest of the story himself as to what happened. So. I like this and, uh, image you got here, Urza through the plains. Yeah, his uh, his kind of his evolution through the sto- his own story, and a lot of this goes to, goes into things that we're not covering here. But he he you know he is clearly younger. He's an old man on Argoth when he's fighting Mishra, but he's reborn anew and he's ready to kick some ass. Hmm. Yeah, I see. He's got that exoskeleton on him, and then he he's uh, like a battle mage in, in the Elder Scrolls that kind of way. Yeah. Heavy armor with a with a magical staff. Now you move over again to was that Talaria? That's yeah. a, something totally different. Yeah, all these uh, these are just different images of him throughout the future of what's going on. He does not visit um, Dominaria for thousands upon thousands of years. Because Dominaria is somehow shielded by this thing called the Shard of Twelve Worlds, the explosion itself from the Silex literally made a giant shell around its its general area, trapping it and several planes into it into their own kind of multiverse. Uh, that must have been some explosion. Yeah, it completely ruined uh, the atmosphere uh, in the whole world. It cooled everything down to an ice age. Uh, what is left of Terrasire and... and uh, and the Argoth are just a, a bunch of islands cooling off from being annihilated, and like the rest of the world is is reeling from the global side effects of what like is like an asteroid blast. Mm. And that and and we're gonna leave it off from there because you know the you know the next sets are gonna talk about more about this ice age. But this is uh, this is what I presented, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much. Um... All right, so so Mithril, um, you and I were going to jump into uh, a game of Momir. Yes, we are. All right, like we promised hey, you still everyone. Still there? I mean, um, is our friend still here? Our still here. yeah, Rogue's <laughs> still here. Um, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to play a little Momir. All right, and then Rogue, what, I know you're a big lore fan. Why don't you tell us what you what you thought about this stuff? I actually thought it was very deeply involved and in even the showing the cards was a nice touch i believe because there's a lot of people that actually just tell the story and doesn't show anything behind it but the i think it's also cool that magic the gathering puts the lore in the cards when i started i just thought it was just 
they had names of different sets that were just random. I didn't even know there was a lore behind it. So when I started it, I was like, there's lore behind this? Yeah. And the people were like, yeah, they're books. And I was like, oh, I, I can't even read the manual for Ikea. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. Yeah, but I'm I'm I'm, Nor I'm Norwegian. And you're That's from the looks. general area. You're right next yeah. to Sweden. I, I I I'm their neighbor. I wave to them, but they they can't see me. But I wave anyway. <laughs> like, uh, I when when I started adding the um uh, the lore on more on lore, like showing off more lore, I was like, ooh. I want to learn more about it, so I actually started looking up YouTubers that were talking about it because I learned more from talking and seeing and doing than reading. Yeah. So I actually thought of, I just found a lot of different lores and I fell in love with the lore and I actually started the Dungeons and Dragons part with Magic the Gathering style. Okay. I've sent my, my friends through a lot of different realms and it's it's been a blast. I mean, literally, they've been blasting through different types of lures. Ah, it's good. It's good. Um, hopefully, uh, I mean, we're we're trying to do something different with um, with uh, with this podcast, where we're 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 showing off the uh, the lore as well as the gameplay. Um, you know, of of magic. So so we're trying to do something a little bit different with that, and. Um, you know, the, Mithra, you did a great job with with the lore this week. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, before before we go into much, I, we are we are playing right now, and um, mm -hmm. I sort of want to uh, you know ask Rogue, have you ever played a Momir format? No, no. Okay, uh, Mithra, would you mind kind of like you know mm -hmm. describing a little bit uh, for for you know Rogue and, and of course listeners as well uh, what what we're actually doing? What is Momir? What is this? Okay. Well, when you play Momir and M uh, Magic the Gathering Online, you get this avatar and it says, you know, your starting life total is increased by four, and you can pay X to discard a card. Well, you know, all these cards that you're given, that you're using for this thing, are lands. And uh, you can pay lands mm -hmm. to discard this card, and how much you pay into it before you discard a card determines a random creature that you get put into play. You have no control of what's going on with this creature except for how much you're paying into it and the game decides what you get. Right. That's what's funny about this is that um, you you don't put this deck together. This this avatar, this Momir, this character, Momir, is, is the card that you're using. You get a deck full of, of lands and this this guy Momir is just spitting out. <laughs> he's using these land cards and a machine. The back babies. And he's he's spitting out creatures from this machine. It's hilarious. Oh, he's from the Simic. Oh, yeah, he's he's a he's from the Simic Guild on uh, on Ravnica, the, the city plane Ravnica. But it feels like that you're a planeswalker and you just learned how to be a planeswalker and you just can't control of what you're summoning and it's from all the multiverse, from all time and space so for some reason. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it when you're playing it. Neonamot in the chat room's going, do you have enough land there, Avarwin? <laughs> and that's that's the thing about Momir is that it's just a, it's a deck of all lands and this character, Momir, is taking the lands that you're using and creating characters that come out onto the battlefield to fight each other. 
So right now, Mithril and I have a bunch of a bunch of one ones uh, on the on the battlefield at this point, and uh, we're just kind of you know tapping around the uh, the steps here. Um, Neonamot's asking if you can make this deck in real life. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't summon uh, cardboard from the aether to make this work. I think you just have to like ran- like like have a, like a bunch of like stacks of cards of cost and then randomly pull them face down to to make this work. Yeah, you could find a way to do it. You could find a way. Oh, that one. Yeah, he's got a. He just dropped a three three for one red uh, cinder wall with defender on it. Yeah, it can only block. It can't attack, and when it deals combat damage, it it dies at the end of combat. So here I'm just tapping. I got three lands on my battlefield. I'm just tapping them right now. Okay, I'm casting uh, Momir's um, his uh, ability. Okay, and now I just take the lands from my hand. I choose one, discard it, and Momir's going to spit out a character. Okay, what did he uh, what did he kick out here? Uh, what is that? Cataran Brute for two and a black. It's a 2-2 creature. It's got some text here. I'm not going to bother reading it over the uh, the air, but it's a lot here. It's like, search a library for this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to apply to it, the It's game. a horror, and it's a mercenary, which is a very unique uh, card type. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. I mean, um, I think you can you can do a, a version of this. You know, with with real cards, especially like it. You know, Rogue, you've been collecting cards for you know years now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Recap. I just blew up Ivarwin's like one one Carrionette zombie skeleton dude with my Shadow Guild Mage, which had the ability to uh, pay one red tap, deal one in damage to target creature or player. I killed this creature with it. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> The, the, other, the other thing about this, uh, this, this particular... On his turn. <laughs> yeah, on my turn, by the way. He hasn't even gone yet. Like, <laughs> uh, the other thing is that you start off with 24, 24 life instead of 20. So that's the other thing about this. Um, yeah, all right. yeah, you said that I had collected cards for a couple of years now, and I have, like, five holiday gift, bath, uh, gift box... That is completely full, and I need one, and two more. So, I mean, you've got a ton of cards, man. I, I think there's a way where you could, like Mithra was saying, you know, sort of organize cards into, you know, creatures and then stacks of, of power, right? Yeah. And then just have, like, a ton of lands and, and just start, you know, just go with that. Yeah, actually, you can do that. Uh, I think if you actually just take out those cards in different types of uh, just sorting them out in mana cost and uh, just making everything sorting everything every card before you uh, try to draw anything you can actually you do make this work yeah absolutely now um rogue do you have uh you know uh friends over there where they're into magic the gathering as well that you could you could actually like sit down with like you know some drinks uh, around a table and do this actually i do have some friends around that actually i can do that yeah it'd be pretty cool i think i think you know i think mithril's right i think this would be a really fun drinking game (laughs) 
want. Especially if you took shots for each damage you take. How about that? And then when you gain life, too. Oh, yeah. Or whenever a creature dies. No, everyone would die. <laughs> like, the player would die if his creatures would die. That's a great enchantment. Look, I'm not doing so hot over here right now, guys. I mean, um, what do I got going on? I just I just got a... Uh, I have two creature cards. And Mithril's got three right now. Um, yeah, Ivarwin just played this Valley Rush Banneret, which is like a like a little hobbit soldier. And it's kind of irrelevant because it, it makes soldiers and little hobbit soldiers uh, cost one less. And, of course, you're paying this stuff out of, like, the ether for mana. So you're just not going to get another one of those. Yeah, so it's I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting creature cards that are just... They're they're like low power. There's nothing I could do right now to fight him and his 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 wall of creatures that he's making for himself here. <laughs> yeah, a goblin chariot is like coming down your face with his warthog steed and his little whip. It's fine. I'll get whipped in the face by this guy riding a pig. It's it's cool. I'll take That's it. what goblins do. They like to ride pigs and whip you. Um, I think we'll pass this combat. To, yeah, Ivarwin's at 22, I'm at 23. Let's not forget our uh, to announce what's going on with our life totals every now and then. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to pay four and see what I get. Paying four. And roll, I just, oh wait, hold on. Rolling the old Undo. Momir dice. <laughs> Undo. I'm, I'm pulling back my mana strategy. I almost did uh, what we do a lot, and that's pay mana before we do abilities, and that would have completely timed walked me into a Varwin's turn, and I would have done nothing. Oh. Now remember, discard your islands in your forest in Momir, because if someone has like some sort of like a land walk ability, you don't want to be the guy taking unblockable damage from that. Monstrous Hound, a 4-4 four, four for 3 and a red. Can't attack unless you control more lands than the, the defending player. Can't block unless you control more lands either. Yeah, situational. But like it'll be, yeah. it's like usable in this game in some situations too. That would be nice in my werewolf deck. You have a werewolf deck from what? It's not really yeah, but no, but uh, the... Um... Would be nice defending a creature for a werewolf deck. Yeah, I think there's very cards for that. I I just like playing this card right now because I normally play it in any other situation. You're about to say something, Evarwin. Um, I was asking if you had a were if you had a werewolf deck for Shadows over Innistrad. Uh, actually, the I I use both con both sets, the old one and the new one. Really? Yeah. Oh, how does now? How does that go for you? Actually, pretty well. You like that? I'm so used Actually, to like the rules of um, standard edition that you know. I mean, you can't. I mean, they're not they're not in the same block, so you can't you know put them together and play with them on Magic the Gathering online. And you know, certainly uh, limited competitive play won't allow, won't allow you to do something like that. But so so to hear something like that, I'm always surprised when I hear something like that. Um, it, it, it opens up my perspective, is really what I should be saying. Well, here's, like the, here's the kicker I use. I actually ramp a lot of green mana, so I get a lot of forests and mountains. And uh, when my creatures are human, 
actually used to have artifacts that are human-based, like if it's a human, it gains plus this and this, plus that and that. And then when they transfer, they lose their human form, but they still keep some of the artifact ability. But then they're more powerful as werewolves, so it's a double-edged sword. Either they're powerful as humans, or they're powerful as werewolves. And is that the original Innistrad? Uh, I think it's the both the original and po- some of the later ones. Okay. Um, I have a, an appendage that is shooting flames out of its end. <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Are <laughs> you talking about? I mean, uh, you know, that's what everyone wants, right? A flame shooting appendage. You might have a doctor look at that. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure they make medication to stop that. <laughs> they have. A I don't know. That. Like you know, maybe it's not enough. Uh, who knows, man? Uh, just just so we're uh, just so we're clear. Um, the the life totals are not dropping dramatically right now, but they probably will very soon. Um, yeah. I, I'm at 22. Mithril's at 23. I've got four creatures. He's got uh, he's got five. I got a five four 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 two one a two two. He's got a three three a one one a two two a four four and a four five. So you can see where this is going. This is just like it, it's it's like a it's a creature pissing match right now. <laughs> it's getting weirder and weirder because he has some sort of like ancient ice age like mammal that has trample and regenerates. Big dude, and I have this giant hellion worm thing that's shooting fire out of its face. Ember maw hellion. Got- and whenever I deal red damage, it deals extra damage because right. of this stuff. This is going to turn into a freaking slap fight. <laughs> Any minute. This, this is looking like the uh, the uh, Planeswalker War without the artifacts right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Brothers War. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. We got these horrible factions of awful creatures, like the Shadow Guild Mage kind of makes sense for this. But, uh, yeah. This is cool. <laughs> this is the fun part about Momir is that you just you never know. Like, there's no strategy here. Well, I mean, there is a little bit, but I mean, like as far as like constructed gameplay, because that's what we focus on in this show is constructed gameplay. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't mingle around with the limited stuff. Um, all right, what are you what are you throwing at me? I want to see see what are you shaking your boots. I, I know what you're you doing. Do. I know what you're doing, and I'm not. No, I'm not sacrificing my five four to block your four five coming at me right now. Here's there's, there's your life total change, uh, listeners. That's this fine. is happening because he was afraid to block. I'm not blocking. I'm not it's doing a coward. It. I'll take. I'm not a coward. I'll, I'll take your four <laughs> five right on the face. <laughs> no, no, real men take damage and don't block. And Varwin's doing that, and I applaud him for that. That's that's exactly. I'm like Rocky right now when he was fighting the uh, the Russian guy, just just getting smacked in the freaking chrome dome. So so he can have the advantage of while getting smacked in the face with the fist and sock the other guy in the in the stomach and then the face or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's just clashing of fists right now against faces. <laughs> Like, both of them are taking the shots at the same time. It's all slow-mo. This is what's happening on this battlefield. It, it, it really is. We're still on Mithril's turn, by the way. Like, Yeah, I, I kind of went long with my uh, my dumb thing I'm doing. He's using his second main phase to draw his uh, his Momir card. Flying Biter. 
before I pass turning Barwin, I put down a creature that infects you, and if uh, every time it hits and infects someone for uh, a negative one, oh, um, in the form of poison counters, if Barwin gets ten poison counters from this dude, he actually dies. Yeah. It's a Frexian creature from the future. Dude, mind blown, man. Like mm -hmm. it's like it's like a four legs with a giant lich, uh, like leech mouth full of teeth. <laughs> Everyone just dropped a herald of Lesh, Le, Le, herald of Leshrac, which is actually a planeswalker, a black planeswalker. So he's a nasty dude, and he's a two four flyer. Oh yeah. Everyone's at eighteen. I'm at twenty three. This is uh. Yeah. This time I'm gonna remember you have flyers because last time we were practicing for this, I forgot you had flyers and you killed me, despite my ridiculous ground advantage. But I lost anyways. I had these ginormous creatures. He far went me to death with these flyers that he he accumulated. There's, there's like there is no incentive for me to attack right now on any reason. What I mean, if I just attack, I'm just I'm just gonna lose that creature. It's like guard the creatures and right now and it's like this is <laughs> freaking now stupid. let's go let's go with uh color identities oh um, okay if okay varwin if you were to pick three colors to represent you in real life what would they be well definitely white red and maybe blue america f yeah oh i didn't even, yeah i didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you're right. That would be the American colors. I was just thinking specifically on like, like what those represent. Those colors. Walmart F yeah, Kmart F yeah, Starbucks F yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> what uh, what okay. about you, Rogue? What what about you? Oh, even though our flags are the same colors, uh, I'm actually say. I'm very, very, very fond of the black and blue series, but if I have to choose a third color, I would love to have a bit of white in the mix. What the crappy, Varwin? <laughs> okay, so. so this Planeswalker's minion avatar <laughs> of Leshrac just totally stole one of my lands, and that's really important in this kind of game. Yeah. Kind what of. are you, Mr. Um, I identify as... Uh, this just sounds like, like some sort of gender studies class. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, white, black, and green. Ah. So, like, white is because, you know, uh, I am really a good guy, you know. Black is because, you know, uh, I'm kind of like, the, uh, like I don't know, I'm kind of like Mike. Like, I come up with crazy things. And, like, I like doing really awesome um, dark planning, you know. But I usually the white side, white, the, the, the white, you know, in my mana pool keeps me from uh, acting on these things. So it balances it out. And the green is because I love trees and nature and, uh, and like just like you know 
you know, life, you know, in its purest form, trees. Jeez. Okay. And uh, that's how I like to play in Magic, you know? Mm. All right. Oh, got some new cards on the table. Yeah, we got a bunch of new cards out on here right now. Yeah. Um, like, okay, um, let's go do another, another round table. With these colors, what do you like to do uh, when you're playing Magic? Oh. Well, let's let's uh, let's ask um, let's ask Rogue first. I, I want to get a little bit more of him on the show. Um, what I like to do with the colors? Uh, well, to be honest, the white part is actually because I started with soldiers, and I like to have a sort of keeping a good defense. But the black and blue. The blue is actually, I like more the knowledge of the blue. That's why I like having blue, and those spells are very unique and kind of um, messing with people a bit. But the, um, the thing I like about the black is actually it's just almost the evil part and just almost killing off everything around it. So it's, it's more of a like, power thing I like. I'm not a, f a big fan of uh, spells, so I usually go with a lot of critters. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of identify uh, with with that right now myself. I like, like I was saying earlier, you know, I like, um, I like having a lot of creatures. Um, I, I prefer the uh, the creatures that you find in in, in the white. Um, and then. Um, you know some of the some of the stuff like that you see in red, like a lot of the instant and sorcery spells that do like the instant damage. Like that stuff is really cool to sort of mix in. Yeah. Um, I've been having a lot of fun in Ixalan with that right now. Um, what's uh? All right, we, we've got a big showdown going on here with some of these creatures. Um, I guess just like describing it real quick, Mithril is attacking me with a four five, a three four, and a four four, and I'm blocking. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, that happened. What happened? I, I can't even, like, I was blocking with three creatures that had more um, power, I guess. Or the power was matching your toughness. It should have been, it should have been a, a quick, like, three swap. Like, uh, we kill, our creatures killed each other. But what what, what happened here? Now I've got, like, three okay. Minion of Tevish Zat, which is another Black Flameswalker. He's actually friends with Leshrac. Um, he entered combat with your two creatures, and uh, I used my Shadow Guild Mage and paid red to deal one damage to that one little uh, halfling, and he died before he even hit Tevish Zat's um, minion. Mm. So the minion won the combat. Your creature died. The li the the leech hit you for Frexian damage. Three poison counter. Uh huh. Okay. All right. So I'm using my uh my my herald of Leshrac here, creature, avatar creature, <laughs> to steal that one land that you uh, red land that you had there. <laughs> I'm glad that you paid attention enough to stop me from doing that. <laughs> because um, I would just been pinging everything for the rest of the game if you didn't stop that. Um, Ivarwin is slowly turning into a Frexian uh, because he has taken three 
poison damage from the Phyrexian mana symbol. So Yvarwin is kind of like, you know, gaining like a liquid metal kind of like a Terminator T-1000 thing. That's me. All right. I, I, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm not going to attack, but I'm going to drop a land on my second uh, main phase and pass the turn over to you. Phyrexians are kind of like the Borg and also zombies at the same time. But they also have conscious thought if they're built right. What's this um, Minion of Tevesh Zald you've got here? At the beginning of your upkeep, Minion of Tevesh Zald deals two damage to you unless you pay two black. Yeah, uh, he. Okay, Tevesh Zat is another planeswalker. We'll get into him at another point. But him and, like, Leshrac, they're kind of buddies. They're fighting each other right now, but they're buddies. All right. Okay. But, I mean, like, what's going on with that card? Oh, I, I lose life, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but see, here's the thing, though. He's pretty big. He's a 4-4. He's really expensive. I wouldn't recommend playing him in real life unless you have, like, some sort of strategy based around that. Mm -hmm. But his tap ability, uh, it gives any creature plus 3, negative 2 until end of turn. So he can kill or buff. All right, Mithra, you gonna, you're attacking? Yes, no. I am. Uh, Let's do this. You skipped your attack phase. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Let's um. Let's try and clean. Let's try and clean this out in the next uh, next five minutes or so. Okay. I think we will because I just screwed up my mana pool. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, All right. Um, we never got to. Um, we never got to um, rotate around what we do with our colors. I pass the turn over to you. Okay. What? Why would you do that? <laughs> You're not supposed to be, like, you know, giving me an advantage. You have all of the lands in the game. Look at his lands. He has 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 lands. There's only, like, one creature, I think, that costs 14. Um... Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to think of expensive creatures right now. <laughs> I'm just oh. building this guy up right now. Um okay. Mithra, what's the what's the question on the deck right now? The question is that okay, we're we're doing a round table discussion on like what do you like to do with the colors that you identify most with? Okay. So, and we're passing that on. You already described yours, right? Yeah, I think I think we all pretty much hit on this. I mean, um, you know, I said that uh, you know I like I like creatures. Um, was it uh, Rogue was saying kind of the same thing? Creatures, and and he likes the the power there. And... Yeah, I said that it was like yeah. yeah, I like the spells of the blue, the power of the white, white and black, and it's like yeah, that's mostly what I usually go for. I rarely touch anything else, but I do play sometimes red. Okay. All right. Um, let's let me throw this one out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and I don't know how much how much we'll be able to sort of dis, you know discuss on this or, or talk about this, but the um, just uh, get this get this right. Okay. 2017 World Magic Cup is uh, is going on. Day two just happened. 
Okay, and we've got some uh, we've got some teams that are uh, that are in the top eight. Okay, that's uh, Germany, Germany, Italy, Poland, Slovakia, China, Wales, Japan, and Austria. They're all those are the uh, the top eight teams right now. Going uh, head to head. Yeah, they're in the uh, the top eight for the World Cup. Like I said, I don't know if we've got much on that. I just thought I'd. It seems to be like the big uh, the big point of discussion going on right now. With well, um, I think anyone who's interested in that would would have loved to know what you know countries are going into this. Yeah, you know who's you know. I mean, if the Netherlands is, is the Netherlands one of those because I'm rooting for them. Netherlands. Yeah, are they? Are they? Um, I missed. Uh, are they in that? In that list, or did they fail before they got to the to the top eight? <laughs> you know what? Um, I I couldn't even tell you to be honest with you. Um, I I had this. Uh, I just wanted to see if like we if anyone here had anything to like kind of talk about. I don't know if the Netherlands are are involved. Um, there's a there's a huge list of of countries. They might be. I know um, I know the United States is, but I don't know how well we're doing. I couldn't find that information. Um, at least in the time that I, I was using, in which to, to look for it. Norway wasn't there either, so not one of our countries have have uh, gotten into this thing. Uh, and I actually think that it's not that many Norwegian winners of Magic the Gathering. I think it's like maybe it's the top three people in, from Norway that has won that. Hmm. Okay. Uh. Uh, I think I actually think one creature that uh, has a mana cost of ten, and that's not a good creature. It's a whatever. Whenever you play that creature, it's a big friendship crusher. There's a oh, there's... okay. Wait, what do you? What? Is it is it the, the the creature that's like two black cards you put together and he's just massive? He's so big that you can't no. even see the little creatures in front of his face. No, it's a um, it's a creature which is a hydra, which is two of each color. Total of ten mana. Uh, I think it's um, oh come on, a friend of mine used that card all the time. It has protection from everything, and it's a 10-10. Oh, I gotta look it up. Everyone's hosing me hardcore over here. I just took control of uh, <laughs> all of uh, all of Mithril's lands here. All right, um, listen, I, I would actually like to complete this game, but I, I really, I think we're at that point now where we should probably be wrapping up the yeah. show, folks. Sometimes um, a stalemate goes so long that you just can't realistically continue without uh, a, a stream doubt. or a podcast yeah. that way. And you know, I think we've um, we've we've run the course of our uh, talking points for for the evening. Um, so let's uh, let's let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, I want to thank uh, Rogue first of all for coming in today and uh, being our guest on the show. It was um, my honor. My okay, pleasure. thanks for jumping in. Also, uh, Mithril for all the hard work that you've done today with uh, with the lore section it was very very good. Um, oh, thank you. I really enjoyed that. Uh, next week, uh, when it comes to lore, what are we what are we going to be doing? Um, we're going from Dominaria to to what? Well, see, you said you wanted to do this by sets, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like chronologically in the lore, right? Yes, like, absolutely. You know, as things progressed. You yeah. Know, so what's what's the next wise. set? So 
the the next logical step is to go into uh, the, the 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 ice age that came after that Silex blast. All right. What's left? You know, Urza's gone. All these armies gone. Now Dominaria is left with this uh, this uh, crisis. Okay, sounds good. That sounds like uh, we've got a lot to cover on that one too. Um, and then uh, so. We'll have that plus uh, plus a game as well, um, and uh, and another booster pack uh, to open and, and discuss. Uh, follow us on Twitter at QGMTG. I want to thank everyone on our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Quest Gaming Network, um, for for joining us uh, this evening. And um, we'll see you. We'll see you Friday. Friday. We, we actually record. We're supposed to be recording Friday. <laughs> yeah. But because I'm hey, getting. Um... I'm getting screwed Real over at work on, on some of this. So uh, hopefully this Friday we'll be able to, to stream. What do, you, what do you got, Mithril? Um, how about we do uh, just a really quick closing comments, you know, just roundtable closing comments before we shut the show out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, final thoughts, Mithril. Um, I think uh, this is a good one in the works. I really like uh, the interaction uh, between the three of us uh, through this whole thing. I think it really uh, uh, made things more uh, fun. And uh, and natural, in general. Yeah, I agree, uh, and that's what I think. I agree, I absolutely 110 percent agree. Um, Rogue, final thoughts with you, Rogue. Final thoughts. Um, I think actually this was pretty fun. It was an honor to be on the show, and uh, well, to be honest, I always loved magic lore and the ability to play cards with my friends whenever I want to. So this was actually a pretty awesome kind of uh, little thing to try. So uh, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, you know taking time out of your schedule to, to be with us. Anytime. I don't have a job, so. Uh... <laughs> so you're so so what you're saying is that that you can lend your talent whenever you want. Talent? Not not now you're stretching. Greatly man. talented. I can uh, I can I can just I can just just. Give me a five minutes heads up and I'll try to you be awake. <laughs> you got it. All right, guys. Listen, thank you so much. Take care, everyone. And uh, gee, I got to figure out like a whole like closing thing just for just for this. Um, You're good at this. You do this all the time. I know. I know. I can't say, you know, may the foos be with you. I What, what about may the uh, aether be with you? May the aether <laughs> <laughs> See you all on the next plane. It's, yeah, I next guess. plane. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see you all in the next plane. <laughs> Take care, guys. Have a great night. That's so good if we die. <laughs> oh, we're finishing up today. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you.